It's Tuesday, March 5th. Welcome to our new podcast, Skim This. Every Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., we're breaking down the biggest, most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. A lot happens during the day, and we're here to help. Let's get into it. Today, we're taking a look at vaccines and the anti-vaxxer movement. We'll connect the dots. Then there may be a cure for HIV. We'll tell you why it's a big deal, but not a silver bullet. We'll get into how revelers are making Mardi Gras more eco-friendly. And finally, we'll tell you who's been crowned Forbes' youngest self-made billionaire. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. The big story today is about vaccines and how some people aren't getting them. Like this high school senior named Ethan Lindenberger. His mom thought vaccines were bad. So when Ethan was a kid, he didn't get any shots. No hepatitis, no polio, no mumps, no measles. Nothing. And like any normal teenager, he rebelled. In November, Lindenberger asked Reddit for advice about getting vaccinated. And his post went viral. This morning, he showed up to testify before the Senate. I approached my family physician, spoke to her. She uh, encouraged me to get vaccinated. And even at school, I was told I wouldn't be able to attend if I did not get my vaccines, but was opted out. And so my school viewed me as a health threat. And so that, for me, also pushed me to look further into getting my vaccines despite my mother's beliefs because I saw the threat that was being imposed. Lindenberger got vaccinated in December, and now he's part of a heated debate between people who say vaccinations save lives and those who are against them, anti-vaxxers like Lindenberger's mom. Here's why this is a big deal. There have been more than 200 reported cases of measles across 11 states since the beginning of the year. Washington state has declared a state of emergency for a disease that was more or less wiped out 19 years ago. So here's what we're going to talk about today. One, the arguments being made by anti-vaxxers. Two, how the anti-vaxxer movement has spread. And three, how it's affecting people on a global, national, and personal level. Okay, let's get into it. First, why are people against vaccines? Back in the 1960s, the measles killed hundreds of people a year, mostly children, and put thousands more in the hospital. Now, all states have laws that require kids to be vaccinated in order to go to public schools. But a lot of states grant exemptions for people who don't want their kids vaccinated at all. Some people are opposed for religious reasons. And then there are the anti-vaxxers. They're opposed because they believe vaccines can hurt their kids. You've probably heard the claim that vaccines give people autism. That claim can be traced back to a study from 1998 that has been discredited and debunked. The Centers for Disease Control say in very large font on their website, there is no link between vaccines and autism. But the movement still gets a lot of sway from big name celebrities. Even President Trump has suggested that there's a link between the two. To be clear, this was a total fringe movement for a while. But over the past few years, it's been growing, thanks to the internet. Anti-vaxxers have successfully lobbied lawmakers in 17 states to get vaccine exemptions for what they call moral or philosophical reasons. But the movement has also gotten really good at using social media platforms to push the anti-vax message forward. Ethan Lindenberger, who you heard from earlier speaking before the Senate today, said his mom read anti-vax information shared on Facebook. Social media platforms have known about this phenomenon and are reacting. Pinterest has barred searches for vaccine content. Facebook is going to make anti-vaccine news less prominent. And YouTube is no longer allowing users to make money off of anti-vax videos. And there's another reason for that. 
A study last year found that it's not just parents. Russian trolls and bots are pushing both pro and anti-vaccine language on Twitter. This subject is so heated, it's being used to sow division. So what's the skim? In the U.S., it's becoming a real issue. Lawmakers in states like Oregon and Washington are trying to roll back exemptions and force parents to get their kids vaccinated. And at the same time, lawmakers in other states like Arizona are actively pushing new laws to make it easier for parents to exempt their kids from vaccines. On a global level, the World Health Organization says there was a 50% jump in reported measles cases last year. Lack of access to vaccines in poor and war-torn countries is a problem, but the WHO also blames anti-vaxxers for spreading vaccine skepticism. In places like Italy and France, far-right parties are taking up the anti-vax flag. On a personal level, if you've been vaccinated, your chances of getting measles is really low. But measles shots are only really effective as long as almost everyone around you got them too. It's called herd immunity. 95% of the population has to be vaccinated in order to keep the disease at bay. When fewer people start getting the vaccine, the measles start to make a comeback. So in more health news, scientists think they may have found a cure for HIV. But it's not a cure-all. We've got that story coming up. So the big news out of London today is that doctors think they may have found a cure for HIV. A patient being treated in London is still HIV-free after a year and a half. It's only the second time this treatment has ever been successful. So today we're going to give you three things you need to know about the treatment. First, it's a big deal. No known cure was kind of HIV's tagline. So two people with what looks like a cure is huge. The first time the treatment worked was in Berlin more than a decade ago, but it was brutal. The patient had two bone marrow transplants and chemotherapy and radiotherapy, and it pretty much killed his immune system. He had to be put in a coma, and he almost died. But now the Berlin patient, Timothy Ray Brown, has been living without HIV for more than a decade. I'm very happy for this patient. Um, However, um, it's not not a, um, a cure that's going to cure many people. Brown's right, and that's the second thing to know. This treatment only works for certain HIV patients. These two HIV patients were actually being treated for cancer, and the bone marrow transplants ended up being good multitaskers. That's because the transplants came from people with a rare gene mutation that resists HIV. When doctors have tried this treatment for other cancer patients with HIV, the HIV came back, or the patient died of cancer. That was until the London patient. The patient received less intense drugs and didn't almost die. But the whole process was still really intense. So not an easy fix for the tens of millions of people living with HIV AIDS around the world. Which brings us to the third thing you need to know. Even though HIV AIDS is not quite the death sentence it used to be, it's still a huge problem. In the U.S., new infection rates of HIV were going down for a long time, but now they've leveled off. The Centers for Disease Control say there are about 39,000 new cases every year. And while people with HIV can take drugs that suppress the virus, there isn't any other cure yet. President Trump set a cure as a goal for the next 10 years during his State of the Union address. 
The CDC says it's working on high-impact HIV prevention. That means making it easier to get HIV testing and drugs, and to access prevention programs for communities with a higher risk of the infection, and to get condoms and clean needles. Activist groups say that's where the focus needs to be, on access to affordable treatment and prevention. So it's not just Tuesday, it's Fat Tuesday, also known as Mardi Gras. If you've ever seen pictures of Mardi Gras, you've probably seen the beads. Hundreds of thousands of beaded necklaces are thrown out by the people on the floats. They're called crews down there. And of course, people catch them and take them home as souvenirs. Some of them. But a lot of them end up on the streets, in storm drains or in landfills. And when we say a lot, Last year, 93,000 pounds of beads were removed from city drains in just one five-block stretch along the main parade route. And a lot end up in the waterways. So, good news. Locals are taking to the streets to make Mardi Gras more sustainable. There's a crew called the Trashformers, and as they go through the streets partying, they pick up recyclables along the way. And more people are also getting involved. People are repairing and reusing beads from previous years or making recyclable paper beads. One researcher even created biodegradable beads from algae. But they're really expensive and might be kind of gross. We've got a deep dive about how people celebrate Carnival around the world in our Skim Notes, available on our app. You can get it at the App Store for more bonus Skim content. Before we go, here's a fun fact. 21-year-old Kylie Jenner made history today. Becoming both the youngest billionaire and the youngest self-made billionaire on Forbes Billionaires list. You may know that Jenner made her money where her mouth is. She started selling Kylie lip kits in 2015. And according to Forbes, her makeup company Kylie Cosmetics is now worth about $900 million. Forbes also gave Jenner a special title. The first selfie-made billionaire. Her first sales were mostly just online to her 43.6 million Instagram followers. But critics are asking about the self-made and whether Jenner would even have the title of world's youngest billionaire if she hadn't been keeping up with the Kardashians while growing up. And fun fact number two, she's stealing the youngest ever self-made billionaire crown from Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg. He was 23 when he wore it. And that's all for Skim This. Thank you so much for listening to us tonight and for all the reviews of our first episode last night. To keep us in your routine, hit that subscribe button and let us know what you think. If you want more news first thing tomorrow morning, check out our newsletter, The Daily Skim. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. You can subscribe at theskim.com.